Welcome to Beneath the Rim, covering everything that's happening in and around the NBA. You're about to hear one of our layup episodes. Quick hits of information to keep you up to date on what's happening, but short enough to squeeze in during your morning drive. Check back on Sundays for the full court episode, where host Kevin Kloss chats with the brightest minds covering the league. Now time for the show. Welcome to Beneath the Rim. I'm Kevin Kloss, your host and NBA degenerate junkie. And this is the first layup episode where we rip through everything that's happening in and around the league for a quick catch-up first thing in the morning. Uh, Yesterday was June 30th and the opening of NBA Free Agency. So there was an absurd amount of things to cover. And we'll touch on the ones that just seem the most important right now. Full disclosure, free agency is such a fluid event, and it's currently 6 a.m. here on the East Coast, so a lot could change in between now and when the next episode drops on Wednesday. So with that in mind, let's start in Brooklyn. So Brooklyn, for me anyway, shocks everybody. They get Kevin Durant, four years, $161 million, and they pair KD with Kyrie Irving, also on a four-year deal, for about $140 Uh, Now, both KD and Kyrie, it was announced later in the day, are taking less than the max. And they're doing that to free up enough cap space that Brooklyn can also send a four-year deal to DeAndre Jordan for $40 million. They also add Garrett Temple for two years and $10 million. Hard to to really avoid it. Uh, Brooklyn's becoming a powerhouse. They're the new super team in the East, and we still don't know what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. He made it announced uh, last night that he wasn't taking any team meetings on Sunday. He was going to ramp that up starting over the next couple of days. So until we know if Kawhi is leaving Toronto, let's speculate for just a second. If he leaves Toronto, Brooklyn's one of the top teams in the East along with Philly and Milwaukee. KD doesn't play this year, obviously. So the full Brooklyn team we won't see in 2019-2020. But moving forward... That's going to be a team to reckon with, and we weren't really sure what was going to happen with D'Angelo Russell. That's the next move we'll get to. There were sort of some rumblings, hey, Golden State's going to lose KD, but they might be able to squeeze something out in terms of a sign-and-trade. And I think most people thought that that was kind of a speculative thing and that that was one of those rumors that fizzles out and doesn't happen. Well, once again, we were wrong. Nets and the Warriors work out a sign-and-trade. So the Warriors don't walk away completely empty-handed. They swing off a trade for D'Angelo Russell and quickly ink Russell to four years at $117 million. Now we know Clay Thompson's out most of next year, or at least until close to April, with the ACL injury he had in the finals. So the Warriors were planning to run that back with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. And I think a lot of people, perhaps myself included, had kind of started to write the Warriors off a little bit. Not so fast, my friend. D'Angelo Russell joining the Warriors, that's going to be quite the backcourt until, and then even after, Klay Thompson gets back. So the Warriors are retooling, not wasting any time. Some added pieces are tossed in to make the salaries match. But overall, that's Russell to the Warriors, four years, $117 The Knicks were that team that we had heard for the better part of six months now. They'd moved Kristaps Porzingis. 
they'd added some assets, they'd added some future picks, cleared up enough space cap-wise for two max slot guys, and they walked away with three players who are functioning NBA players, but in no regard would you call them superstars. Julius Randle, who I really liked coming out of college, three years, $63 million. Taj Gibson, two years for $20 million. And Bobby Portis, two years, $31 million. Julius Randle's good. He could be a nice, effective player on a bad team. He could get you close to 20 a night. I like Bobby Portis. I think he's a good rebounder for his size. Can extend the floor, good stretch four, can shoot the ball. They kind of play the same position. And Taj Gibson absolutely plays the same position. And the Gibson thing feels weird. The Gibson move, to me, is much more of a, we're a team that thinks we're a contender, we know we're a playoff team, and this is our depth piece to add a little grit to our lineup. The Knicks are none of those things. The Knicks are not a for-sure playoff team. They are not a contender. They're not someone who just needs to add some grip. They need to add everything. So I think most Knicks fans would say it's this was a disappointment, and I think most of us who were watching the night and tracking where everyone was going and waiting for that big name to end up in New York kind of disappointed with what the Knicks did. Kawhi's still on the market, but I just I just don't see how he goes to New York as really the lone star in Madison Square Garden. The Boston Celtics, we know they like Kyrie Irving go to Brooklyn. How do they rectify the point guard situation there? That's in the form of Kemba Walker. Four years, $141 million. We had heard a day before so that this was pretty much a done deal. Mark Stein had even said earlier in the week that he thought it was likely that's where Kemba would end up. And he does. Boston adds a good shooting point guard to their team. Still kind of lacks that center. We'll see if there's anything they can do to really get a center in there to report replace Al Horford. And to be clear, it wasn't a straight sign for Boston. It's kind of this it's this three-way trade where sign and trades, Kyrie Irving goes to Brooklyn, Kemba Walker goes to Boston, and Scary Terry, Terry Rogier, heads to Charlotte. Play for Michael Jordan at a somewhat overpriced contract. Three years, $58 million. Terry wants to be the guy, and now he's got a shot. Now he's got a shot to go out to Charlotte, play for the Hornets, be their starting point guard. Three years, $58 million, though. It's close to $20 million a year for a guy who hasn't been a consistent starter and who, when he was on the floor and playing with the rest of the collective starting unit in Boston last year, I think most of us would say he took a significant step back. So that's that three-way sign and trade. I think it helps Boston create a little more cap space. So we'll see if in the next couple of days they can go out, add a couple of depth pieces. I know they've been linked to Enos Cantor. We'll see if maybe they can bring in Enos Cantor, who's also reportedly being courted by the Lakers. The Utah Jazz, probably one of the best teams throughout free agency on that opening night. They bring Paul Millsap back for $30 million a year. Uh, a little pricey for me, but I understand if they think the West is weaker. Though, in retrospect, with D'Angelo Russell going to the Warriors, that may not exactly be the case. Paul Millsap, 30 years for one year with the Jazz. They also get Bojan Bogdanovic from Indianapolis. They get him for four years, $73 million. And a small signing of Ed Davis for two years, $10 million. Really love Bogdanovich. He's going to add a lot of shooting to that Utah team. And that's a team, remember, they add Mike Connolly. They're able to move Donovan Mitchell off the ball. They've still got Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert in the middle. I've heard people say that's a top five team. That's a top three team. That's a title contender. 
I don't know it's a title contender yet, but that for sure between Houston out West, the Warriors out West, and now the Jazz out West, I think that's going to be a real fun race to watch all of next year, especially if Golden State kind of struggles to get things going early. The Kings were a team that people were really high on last year, and so I think to see them dip their toe in the market and spend some money would have been interesting, and that's exactly what they did. Harrison Barnes was available as a scoring four who can also play the three, and Harrison Barnes signs up with the Kings four years, $85 million, to give them a guy who can bring the ball up the floor, shoot threes, play a little iso ball. Good move for the Kings, who kind of needed a wing player like that. I'm not sure Harrison Barnes is the best at that, but he's going to Sacramento, and he's being joined by Trevor Ariza on a two-year, $25 million deal. Trevor Ariza, slightly out of his prime now, but when things are clicking with Ariza, he's that four who can still get to the rim, can stretch out and shoot the three. Good defender, good add by the Kings, makes them competitive in the West as well. Now for the Bucks, the Bucks were one of those teams that what they did this year was going to be a big thing for me in terms of are they competing or are they going to slide backwards a little bit in the Eastern Conference. Last year when they played Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals, one of the big problems was uh, Milwaukee's offense all year had kind of functioned as Giannis can do what he wants. He can take two or three steps and get to the rim. But it also works because they surround him with guys who can make shots, guys who can shoot the three. And so one of the big pieces of that, who they could have theoretically lost, was Chris Middleton. Could they keep Middleton? Could they keep Brogdon? It was going to be hard for them to keep both. And they made what I believe is a smart decision. They brought back Middleton. They brought back to shooting. Middleton back at the Bucks, five years, 178. Brooke Lopez also back with the Bucks, And as of this morning, we're hearing his brother Robin Lopez, twin brother, also coming back. So the Lopez twins teaming up in Milwaukee. That leaves Malcolm Brogdon, who was a key part of the team last year. But financially, if they brought him back, that was just going to be a tricky situation for them to handle with the cap. So what happens is Malcolm Brogdon traded from the Bucks to the Pacers. The Pacers have to send a first-round pick, two second-round picks, and then Brogdon signs on with the Pacers four years, $85 million. Let's stay with the Pacers. They also get Jeremy Lamb, and this is an underrating signing, I think. Jeremy Lamb shooting guard who can handle the ball, can score. We saw him do it in college. We saw him do it in Charlotte in times when Kemba hasn't been on the floor. Three years, $31.5 million. And now the Mavs. The Mavs to me are one of those real interesting teams. Dwight Powell, they bring him back. He's an effective power forward on three years, $55 million. But they get Porzingis. Porzingis re-ups in Dallas, which is really the big story here. Five years, $158 million. The Mavs get Porzingis, they can team him with Luka, that's a great one-two punch. Now staying with something that was going on with the Mavs, there had been all this Jimmy Butler sort of news kicking around over the last couple days that he wanted to sign in Miami. Miami probably couldn't just get him just because of cap space and the way that was going to work out, so it was going to be a sign-in trade. So Jimmy Butler was going to head to Miami, but how was that all going to shake out? They're probably going to have to get a third team involved, and they did, and that third team was Dallas. So Jimmy Butler, he gets traded to Philly. He then signs four years, $142 million. So what do the Heat do? The Heat then send to Philly Josh Richardson, who, Philly fans, I love that move. Josh Richardson, maybe not the accomplished player that Jimmy Butler is, but he's younger, he can score, he can defend, he can get to the rim. I think that's a great depth piece. And a great piece that 
could end up starting on Philadelphia for a lot cheaper than Jimmy Butler. So what do the Mavs get out of this? The Mavs get Derek Jones Jr. and they get Kelly Olynyk. They were earlier reported that they were going to end up getting Drogic from Miami. Now, they ended up not going that route, reportedly, because they wanted to keep their cap space flexible in the summer for some additional spending throughout the rest of this free agency period. The Heat are going to have to throw something in, I'm hearing, just to make the salaries match completely. And for Dallas, if you're wondering, well, what are they giving up? They're going to give up some cap space. They're either going to give up $30 million in cap space, or they're going to give up a trade exception. It's their choice what they give up, from what I've heard, and that, as of now, has still not quite been defined. So we'll wait and see on that. While we're on the Sixers, Tobias Harris back to the Sixers. Five years, $180 million. We had heard it was going to be Butler or it was going to be Harris. Logistically, if they brought them both back, they just weren't going to be able to handle all that space tied up in what was essentially four guys. And Al Horford, big signing for the Sixers. Al Horford to Philly, five years, $109 million. I'm not entirely sure how you play Embiid and Horford together. I'm sure they will figure it out. It gives them a really strong starting five, a really strong core there. I'm excited to find Philly. The fact that I'm able to get Al Horford, I'm able to get Tobias Harris, I'm going to get Josh Richardson. So reports coming out yesterday, they're starting a contract extension with Simmons. Joel Embiid is there. This is a team that is seeing the East could be wide open if Kawhi leaves, and they're making their move right now. J.J. Redick, former member of the Philadelphia 76ers, he's going to New Orleans to play with the Pelicans. I think that's a great deal. I've been on record as saying I think the best way to utilize Zion Williamson is to surround him with shooters. That's exactly what J.J. Redick is going to do. Derek Favors also heading to the Pelicans in a trade. Utah just needed to clear some cap space after bringing on Bogdanovich and the other moves that they'd made over the course of the day. And that comes in the form of trading him to the Pelicans, as the Pelicans continue to build what I think is going to be, if not a competitive team, at least an interesting team to watch. Two more teams before we go, some lower-end teams in the East. The Magic, they're keeping Terrence Ross at four years, $54 million. Love the value there, especially when you see the role that he played really as maybe their only shooting option off the bench. Nicole Vucevic, four years, $100 million. I don't know about that one. That's a lot of money tied up in a guy when you spent a top seven pick on Mo Bamba just a year ago. Orlando signing Vucevic up. He's happy to be back. Let's try to run that back and make another playoff appearance. They won, believe it or not, they won the Southeast last year. We'll see if they can repeat again. And Alfarica Mino also signs up with the Magic. Three years, $29 million. Kind of a logjam between Aminu, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon. We'll see how they work that all out. And the last move, the Suns, they tie up Ricky Rubio. Needed a point guard. They need to get a point guard to run with Devin Booker. They've wanted to get one for quite a while. That's three years, $51 million, going out getting Ricky Rubio. He's kind of the perfect point guard to play next to Devin Booker. If you think of Booker as a volume shooter and a shot maker, Ricky Rubio is the opposite of those two things. He's a distributor. He'll bring the ball up. Great passer. Also going to be really good for the young big man down low and the young shooting guard on the wing. So I think it's a good move for Phoenix. Like it moving forward. And before we go, I do want to also point out there were a lot of rumors last night about Bradley Beal. I heard Bradley Beal was a done deal, quote, to Miami from certain sources. I haven't seen that confirmed anywhere. I haven't seen an actual deal out there. Woj came on ESPN last night and said he doesn't believe Miami has the assets to make that happen. But whether 
he is getting moved to Miami or staying in Washington. The fact is, Washington is listening to offers. So keep an eye on Bradley Beal. Could be on the way out of Washington as soon as the end of the day. So that's it for this first layup episode. I'll be back Wednesday morning to chat a little bit about the continuing saga that is free agency and touch on the Salt Lake City Summer League and California Classic. Both of those start today. And this show is just getting started. So you know what might help a ton? A review. Whether that's in, in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen, if you liked what you heard, drop a review. I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Kevin Kloss. Thanks for listening. Don't miss a moment of the action. Subscribe to Beneath the Rim for automatic delivery of new episodes in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.